Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughtful Intentions. I'm your host, Fiona Winch, and today I'm joined by Lauren Eshaw for a good old part two. This time around, Lauren and I talked a lot about energy again, self-talk, body dysmorphia, performing, work-life balance, and monetizing your hobbies and entrepreneurship. I'm not going to give too much more detail, um, but if you want to listen to the first part of this episode, it's called finding your frequency and we recorded it in October of 2020. So two and a half years later, Lauren joins us again today and I'm really excited. I hope you enjoy. Lauren Eshaw has been working on strengthening her gift as a light worker for the past eight years and really just wants to bring more light into people's lives. In a time where there is so much darkness, she feels lucky that she was given the gift to help relieve people of some of the darkness they may feel is stuck inside them and replace it with fresh new light from the earth. Sound crazy? She promises it isn't. All of this work is rooted in ancient Hindu meditation. As a light worker, Lauren goes through the chakras in the body to basically fine tune and realign them so that they are at the right frequency to have energy flow evenly. An easy meditation for you and fun freeing work for her. (laughs) Hi, Lauren. Hey. I don't know why I'm so giggly all of a sudden. Um, this is fun. It's so great to have you back. I know. It's been so long. I know. And, you know, this is the third one in a row that I've been able to record in person. And I'm just really enjoying the aspect that aspect of it. So I'm glad that we're doing this in my little kitchen table. It's amazing. Um, so last time we spoke was October of 2020. That's <laughs> crazy. I know. That's it was crazy. episode six, Finding Your Frequency. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, we talked about your work as an energy healer and a light worker, your work at the bead store, mm-hmm. and how this has manifested in your life life as a performer and entrepreneur. And we talked about healing as it pertained to our relationships with our bodies and, of course, how we were handling all of those things during a time of isolation. Yeah. So it was a great episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage <laughs> you to do so. Um, but listening back today, I feel like I gave so many disclaimers about what energy work is, Mm -hmm. which is funny because since then, I feel like it's really come into the zeitgeist so much more. Like so many people have been immersed in that sort of content. It's spread so much. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but um, I think that in, in hand with that, it's also gotten misconstrued in a lot of ways. So I'm glad there's people like you that are able to still ground it and and give some of the scientific and just backing and I, I I'm all here for it but it's just interesting to see how it's evolved since we last talked well I think that the biggest the biggest thing is is people will try to find a way to monetize off of it mm-hmm. and I'm not here to say that I'm not either uh, I'm trying to spread knowledge and information about what I've learned of energy healing over the past 10 years of my life and how that has helped me with my anxiety and my healing with who I am. Mm -hmm. I think that that is knowledge that is worth monetary value. I think lots of companies um, find gemstones and the energy Reiki books uh, profitable because it's Mm -hmm. what's, I'm using air quotes, hip and cool and what's in. But don't you think it's exploded? Like I feel like it's really exploded. A hundred percent. And so many things are blown out of proportion and people are taking the base level of information about all these Mm -hmm. things and running with it, claiming they know a bunch of information about it all. And then so much information gets misconstrued. The history. The history of it all. Yeah. Yeah. This is all based in ancient Hinduism. Yeah. And I'm not claiming I, I do not follow that faith, but I... I'm fascinated by learning about it all. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still like 
a philosophical absolutely way to study absolutely all religions but yeah 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 I think people are just trying to 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 make a buck a quick buck I have brought this up before but not with you so it feels different but I know you're a person who also shares quotes as do I but there's some accounts that I can't stand because of the generalizations the, the general advice that they give and mm. I have mentioned this before and then I've kicked myself for not like referencing specific quotes so I was looking <laughs> I'm so glad started. you did give, for, give them to me <laughs> okay this is when I I can see how people might buy into it but I think it sucks it's okay to disappear until you feel like you again which no. is not okay I no. mean I think it can be really disorienting to feel out of sorts and it's okay to set different boundaries when you are feeling that way but like you can't like removing yourself entirely from the world around you is not a viable option and not healthy and not healthy (laughs) right like you have to learn how to like be in your body and be in the world in those times like even the more challenging it is you know it's like it's almost more important to be in in your body and feeling complete when you're during the days where you want to be under a rock and you're going to yeah. love this next one. Okay, I'm ready. Um, you did nothing wrong by putting yourself first. No, you There's can no absolutely context. do. There's no context. You also can be completely selfish in putting yourself first in scenarios where you shouldn't. What drives me crazy <laughs> is like, it's just pure confirmation bias. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. And that's where I'm like, I, I get a bad taste in my mouth sometimes over the way that people have, have misused mm. this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I know that you are, you know, more the expert in that Sweet. field and have well, seen a lot I'm of it. I'm so. definitely not an expert, but... I, well, more so than I. Yeah. Well, at the very least. I'm fascinated by it all. Yeah. I actually have a quote that I think people use all the time. I made a post about it. You might have seen it a few months back. Um, it's a quote that I actually took as my go-to everyday mantra. Everything happens for a reason. And I've done a lot of work with that mantra and I actually completely disagree with it now I, I actually was say what made you believe it I don't think that it's actually viable at all mm. I think that there are so many things that happen in this life that have no reason and have no purpose mm. uh, one of my best friends losing her mom at 20 years old mm-hmm. um, me breaking my foot in ballet class and telling me I couldn't dance again mm. when like mm-hmm. that's the career I want to go into car accidents you know Babies dying, stillborn. Useless there's, tragedy. There's no, I, I'm, I'm using a lot of tragedy as examples, yeah. but there are um, booking a gig because you knew the person directing it. Mm-hmm. There's no reason other than uh, prior experience. Yeah. Or I feel like it's more helpful with the unfortunate um, sure. scenarios. However, um, my point being, everything happens for a reason. There's, there, there is no purpose. There, there is for, for all things. I've changed that mantra and, and and feel free to take this wording and run with it. But I say that everything happens to create opportunity mm. in life. When you are dealt something good or bad, you can decide how you handle that situation and how you decide to move forward. So every door that opens or closes in front of you, you decide to either knock again or walk to the next one. Yeah. You decide to walk through or turn away. Yeah. So you are given opportunity at any moment. Uh, this also will tie into frequency and energy as well. Like you are given frequency and you can decide to take it in or push it away. I feel like that's a more inclusive like lens to acceptance towards acceptance. You know what I mean? Like, cause 
it is hard to uh, Dean and I just had this conversation recently because he also does not believe in that phrase and I don't know that I've I mean I don't I don't think I necessarily believe in it either but I don't know what the all I don't I like what your alternative is I, you know because it's like it's hard to come up with an yeah, alternative and, that like you and can I understand the positive uh, the idea behind it that when something doesn't go your way, it's because I, I also say what's meant for you won't pass you by. And I think that's a great one. I think that's better than what's meant for you will find you because, because it makes you a more active participant in. Yeah. What do you mean? Find how, yeah. what do you mean? The thing it's gonna will knock. find you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like right. a job is going to knock, knock, knock. No, and not. no, but what's meant for you won't pass you by meaning, but that's still tied to opportunity. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to make any decision that you have in your you life. You can take action. Yeah. Yeah. Actionable. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's important. Um, I like that, but yeah, everything happens for a reason. I get they're trying to say that, you know, when this store closes, it's because there's a reason behind it and something else will happen. Yeah. Well, there isn't a, there isn't a reason for everything sometimes. Yeah. And that can also feed into the toxic positivity thing, which I know that oh. we talked about last time Gosh, or yes. before in the past in general. It's just like, I was so guilty of that. Yeah. Growing up, I, I, like you're not made to sit in your suffering as much. Mm-mm. No, but growing up, I always have been like seen as a ray of light for people. Mm-hmm. I love that attribute about myself and I felt a lot of pressure for a long time that I had to be that always I always had to provide um a source of light and positive reinforcement and be that shoulder to cry on for people and it's not all that sustainable no way and I did a a quote a day on my Instagram story that Mm -hmm. um some people roll their eyes at and many people like a different person every day would comment and say I really needed this and there's a part of me that wants to start that challenge again and base my quotes off of how I'm feeling that day mm. instead of trying to find something positive. Mm-hmm. There could be a quote that just says like fucking making it through the day. Yeah. And like there will be 15 people that will actually resonate with that right. more and be like, Ugh, yeah, me too. And there's solidarity in that. Yeah. I um, mean, I think that's just it. And it brings us back to even that initial shitty quote that I pulled from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, not every day is going to be perfect. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, I've been guilty of like sitting probably too far in the downs at times, you know, where you're like, I can't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel or like, I just kind of want to be miserable right now because like, I don't, I don't know what else to do with myself, but you have to understand that. Okay. The three, yeah, the three pillars of existence in Buddhism yeah. are impermanence, no self, and suffering. Mm. And like mm. you were talking about the philosophy, I really, I really enjoyed learning about that part of Buddhism because it's so like you really have to understand that that is part of existing. You can't have good without the bad. Yeah, it makes the good feel gooder, for lack of better <laughs> words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the toxic positivity thing is really real when we. It, it is great to have the mindset to look on the brighter side of life, to look at the glass half full. That's genuinely how I choose to live my life because I think I'm better off doing that. Yeah. However, on days where I am not feeling it, I am he- more human because of that. Yeah. And, you know, me five, six years ago would fo- try to force myself out of feeling bad and try to cover it up. And that's what I think is actually really dangerous about toxic mm-hmm. positivity um it bottles it bottles yeah. and it's so unhealthy yeah you think that you're just like 
moving on, but you're just pushing yeah. it down. Oh, further, yeah. and it makes the breakdown so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still unlearning that. Like yeah. I let things build up. That's just kind of how I am. Um, yeah, but you can acknowledge that. And that's, oh yeah, I'm, I've grown huge. so much. I'm a, I'm a lot, and I'm also a lot better at being able to acknowledge I'm having a bad day. It's because of these two things. And then these five things from the last month mm-hmm. that I chose to not worry about yeah. and it's hitting me now and it's okay. And I'm not in a good mood and that's fine. (laughs) As long as you can acknowledge that for yourself and be able to realize how you're affecting those around you, then that's fine. If you can add in that disclaimer, like if you have to be around people that day and you really can't pull yourself out of it and you can just give that disclaimer to other people like, hey, I'm really not. Yeah, it's not my day. That's people important. get you, that. Yeah. You don't need to bring other people down because your day is shitty. Yeah. Like those kind of people suck. We see plenty of them in New York City. Yeah. Just because your day is miserable, so is everyone else's. I'm not saying to pull out that energy, but I'm just saying to, to meet where you're at yeah. with yourself. Be honest with yourself. And it's okay to feel things that are not complete joy yeah. at, all, at all moments. It's, and so on the flip side of this, you know, the, the part of me that's not as... Um, skeptical about the work which because like I said I love what you do and I Mm. believe in it but I think um there's a part of of the reason that this has all exploded recently too is that people do actually want to heal you know I think they really do want to heal and 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 better themselves and feel more connected to themselves which is a good thing I think a great part of the pandemic um was with all of this solitude and all this extra time on our hands while some people might see this as a bad thing of tons of time to think, it also has given people time to think on the things that they want to improve on and want to become better at mm-hmm. and want to change uh, for good and for bad. Yeah. And I do think that energy healing is a huge part of that. I mean, think about how much anxiety and depression has skyrocketed during the pandemic alone because there was so much unknown. Yeah. What I love about energy healing is for me, I feel like I can secure more answers for myself and I'm also able to calm a lot of the anxiety Mm. and I'm not a very depressive person, but it does come in ebb and flows for me. I'm able to calm those heavy feelings by turning to this work. Mm -hmm. This work is only going to work for those that open themselves up to it. But you know, a part of this too is, and I think this is common among a lot of artists, is that we naturally innately kind of know how to express bigger feelings whether it's through singing or whether it's through energy work or whether you know whatever medium you so choose and one thing that I have noticed that I have I don't really know forgive me if I don't know how to articulate this very well yet but you know performers were hit so hard during the pandemic and like entertainers and people who are more in-person professions and on the flip side now, I think a lot of remote workers, there's like this like quiet undertone of loneliness that I think is rising. Yeah. And people are starting to talk about of like, they don't know why they feel more anxious or they don't know why they feel more depressed. And it's like actually just because we have, this is not a, my personal term. This is a term that I pulled from Arthur Brooks. He writes a column in the Atlantic called How to Build a Life. And he calls it habitual loneliness. Mm. And it's kind of like when you get into a bad habit, it's just like, or I don't even want to qualify it, quanti- qualify it as good or bad. But when you get into a habit and it's that much harder to break and it's yeah. like, I have now made isolation more habitual, you know, like it's actually harder for me to 
get out and socialize because it's way more comfortable to sit at home. Yep. Um, so I think as an artist, yes, it's, it, it makes sense that you would feel more compelled to like turn towards your energy work and like, you know, connect like naturally, but a lot of people don't have that, you know, form of expression available to them. Sure. Yeah. That's fascinating about, isn't that interesting? Oh my gosh. Because I feel like a lot of artists now are able to, now that we're able to, you know, re-enter that um, entertainment industry and perform again and be in community again, like perhaps are not suffering as much from this like loneliness thing that's happening under the surface, but it is happening for a lot of remote workers, I think. Yeah, because they used to commute into the city or wherever they were to to be with their coworkers for good or for bad, but they were around people. But you're right. You're connected. Now you're sitting in front of a screen slouched over. Yeah. There was even like, um, I was watching this thing and they were saying that in pre pandemic times, most people had three places, like a first place, a second place and a third place. And for a lot of people that was like home work and then maybe a bar or like a social place that they would go to hang out with friends and now a lot of people only have one place you know home home. and I and it's like even when I was thinking about our conversation that we were going to have today I was like oh wow that's not something that Lauren's experiencing Lauren is actually in probably 10 places a day which it's just an interesting flip flop of like who is is suffering because of the circumstances and you know what's crazy during and after and you know it's crazy because so I'm a musical theater performer I I went to school for musical theater and I'm attempting and succeeding I I don't know why I said attempt I am a working actor oh I'm gonna read everything that you've done since we've talked oh god (laughs) um I'm a working actor and I am non-union I'm not in in the equity union yet so I'm kind of bouncing around auditioning for gigs all over the country sometimes all over the world uh to perform at places for a month or two at a time and then kind of travel back to my home in New York and bounce all around and I've been very fortunate that I've been able to do a lot of work over these last few years Mm -hmm. and it's funny I felt loneliness in a completely different way Mm. Because I have created so many different circles of wonderful friends that I really think I'll keep for life. I think that's one thing about actors is we're able to just let our guards down, throw our shit at the wall at each other and become close within a month. It's Mm kind of, I I met my boyfriend who I love so much doing a gig that was four and a half weeks long. Um, And we started off as friends, something stuck at the way end of the contract and we've been able to kind of figure it out long distance ever since. Yeah. Um, so what is the loneliness component? Yeah, I think that I don't, I don't have a home. Like mm. I started a sublet in July and, yeah. and we're, we're getting close to that one year and I've only spent four months yeah, cumulative over, which it. is part of that. Like, I think that's the pre pandemic thing that a lot of performers face that like are, I guess now facing it again where it's like, well, I, I don't have a home and I'm just kind of expected for my job to jump to cast house from cast house, right. sometimes sharing a, a room in a twin bed with another actor, um, jumping around. Like I, I have friends and I have family that I'm creating months at a time, but I don't have a home, mm. my home base, my home people. I mean, when's the last time I've seen you and able I to hang, hang out with you? You're like a lifelong Which friend. Which is crazy because also like you work across the street. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, one of my many jobs that yeah. I do to, as my survival like, gig is I work at a restaurant a block and a half from where Fiona lives. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, you're busy. It's, I'm so busy trying to make ends meet with these gigs as well that like I feel like I'm running a mile a minute and mm. don't have the home base to just so what's clean the, the house and watch TV. There isn't one. Is it just like how... Bless you. Dainty is sneezing. You can keep that in if you want. <laughs> is it um, just like... Um, there's, there isn't really a solution. That's, is it just like how long will I be willing to do this kind of yes, thing? Yeah, I think so. And the thing is, is I, I love getting to jump into different roles and meet new people like that. I, I, I consider myself an extroverted introvert because I love my alone time because I get very little of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love being able to like throw out all my energy at people and then come back home at night and like, but it's human to want to plant roots somewhere for sure. Yeah. And I mean, the ultimate goal is to be on Broadway, right? That's all these BFA musical theater Mm -hmm. students want to be able to live in their apartment in New York, go to do their job and come back home by 11 and be in bed to do it again the next day. Um, and that's not to say I'm not grateful. I I actually love being able to go all around the country and be in different places. I have so many stories and so many memories and I've met so many people and I do love that. Um, but I mean, the dream would be to be able to stay in New York. Let me share what you have done since we last talked. (laughs) Don't, oh, don't (laughs) roll your eyes. So, and I'm, I'm not even sure that I'm going to get all of this down, but you've performed in a number of fantastic regional productions and I can say that because I did see you did at least one one. of them (laughs) um including but probably not limited to (laughs) Elf, Nine to Five, Jersey Boys, Grease, Urinetown, Little Women, and The Little Mermaid. You grew your business, Breathe Easy Beads, and were featured on Rachel Ray to pitch and receive advice from Damon of Shark Tank. That's true. You've sang in a number of concerts and you've been living in New York finally. So, yeah. I mean, that's a lot to do in two years, two and a half years since we last talked. Like, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure that I missed at least one show. Uh, I did. Um, I did Footloose and right. Shrek. I think yeah. Those the only I mean, <laughs> I can't add two more to the list. That's <laughs> crazy. It's yeah, I'm, yeah. I feel really, really lucky. I mean, what does come to mind when I read that kind of stuff off to you? It feels like I've actually accomplished a lot in yeah. in what I would consider me not having done a lot. Yeah. I think it's hard. I don't know. Are you I, able to appreciate that though? Like that yeah, you have I'm like smiling that? so big. Okay. <laughs> like that's just crazy. Like yeah. I, I really have been able to start to get my name out there and. Oh my God. You've done a great job. Like I, <laughs> the thing is, is I do have, I wear a lot of hats and I've dropped the ball on my business and I want to bring that back more. It's really hard to bring thousands of gemstone beads with you from gig to gig. Um, so that is something that I think over the summer, while I have a bit of time, I want to focus on growing, which is fine because yeah, like you're giving, you're giving it a place in your brain of like, this is when I will address you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I will have time to get to you yeah. and I will get my cake ball business in order and you I, will be one of the first I to know. get. I was so bummed that you didn't do the, the Valentine's day. I ran out of time. But I knew that you would be swamped. Yeah. Uh, I, and like Lauren 20 makes amazing cake balls. It's funny. So when I met with Damon through the Rachel Ray thing, which was so wild, a friend of mine from high school works on the Rachel Ray staff and they were looking to do a segment on people that started businesses during the pandemic. And she reached out to me cause she'd followed me from high school and was still following me and saw mm-hmm. me post about breathe easy beats that I had just, um, really just started, um, a month or two officially, um, before she reached out. And she asked if I could wanted to be on the show. And I said, no, 
I don't think Why? I'm the right fit for this. I wasn't, I wasn't officially a business. Oh, that's right. You had like just, I didn't want to get in trouble with any, right? like, you know, I, it was just like through Venmo, like yeah. a fun way to go oh, to sure, the table. Sure. And I didn't realize that like I should really officially have everything. Yeah. So I did have that in time. I got everything officially done. Yeah. But I was like, I don't think like, I'm not actually a big deal. And she was like, no, this is the point we're talking about people that started a business during the pandemic mm-hmm. and you're 23. At, at the time I was 23 when I did it. Yeah. So, oh, so crazy. she was like, you need to be on the show. And I was like, okay. And I was absolutely shitting myself leaning, leading up to doing that. Um, and Damon from Shark Take was on there. And what kind of advice did he give you? He, I know you told me this at the time, but remind me. Yeah. So he was just saying, cause so my question, I got to ask a question to them. And mm. my question was, how do I as a, and I had it written on a post-it note, above my computer because I knew I would black out and I, I did black out no, you I can think- see me reading it you can see me reading the note card yeah but that's one of the fun like the better things about like interviewing remotely is like you have your you're, all you your stuff cheat pulled up. Yeah. I would have blacked out on the Rachel Ray show I'd yeah. like absolutely said gibberish and yeah. they would have had to like do it three more times um but I, which is I, not true but I, sure well I was so because they made such a big like it was live it was yeah. not like I had one shot it wasn't like pre-recorded I would be sweating <laughs> so I'm in my room in my little zoom box they're like three two oh my god one and they're like we have Lauren for our first guest Lauren are you there and I'm like waving awkwardly <laughs> in my in my bedroom uh-huh. my childhood bedroom and we're chatting and she's like, what question do you have for Damon? I basically was like, yeah, so how do I, as a brand new business owner, get my name out there, A, during a global pandemic, mm-hmm. and B, when I don't have the funds realistically to actually put my name out there in a way where I can like advertise advertising and yeah. profit. Yeah. And he was like, well, I really love your name. I know exactly what, and I, this was a big compliment. Your business name. My business name. Yeah. Sorry. Breathe Easy Beads. He's like, I understand that this is jewelry that's going to help calm you down. I can get that from the title, which was my point. Um, and he's like, it's awesome that you make it by hand. Like, this is great. And I think the next thing you're supposed to do is try to find local businesses that can tie you in. Mm yoga studios other jewelry stores that could potentially carry your product Mm -hmm. and then you just spread word of mouth that's kind of the best way and to keep your social media going um my biggest regret is I wanted to send Rachel a bracelet and I should have done it right away Mm. and now it's way too late like like two years too late um (laughs) and to Damon but I really want to go on Shark Tank you could always do it as like I just released a new line yeah that's true I could do that you know there's always a yeah, an angle you that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. But I really want to go back on Shark Tank for my cake balls. I mean, I I almost like don't twist. even want to share your cake ball idea because no. I just don't want to spoil it. I know, or, like give it away. Just to be anyone. on the lookout. But yes, it's so funny to me, and it's, I like I've told a select you know people that are. <laughs> well, it's very unassuming it. for a five foot four blonde girl. To, it's just perfect. We yeah. know it's perfect. You I have need- to. You, to trademark it yeah and you have to act on it just so that at least it doesn't i can get it covered yeah. i actually that should be something i focus on the summer when i have some downtime because the cake balls are so freaking good no offense to starbucks they're just too sweet and and i it's yeah. nice to bite into it knowing that it's more natural than the artificial yeah. stuff oh yeah 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 because anyway, yeah i have a, such a bad sweet tooth and it's like I'm mine trying is to actually curb it a little bit no i'm doing a horrible job i said that too yeah for, it's okay. Yeah. We all I, have our vices. I think sugar is much better than some other ones, yeah. but my stomach would disagree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is actually um, something I've never asked you before, sure. but uh, pertains especially to what we were just talking about. How 
do you maintain a healthy work-life balance when a lot of your work and your life is so blended? Yeah. You know, I don't know if I've really mastered it yet. Mm -hmm. I think that something big for me just in a theater world is I actually don't really listen to a lot of theater music unless I'm in a show Mm -hmm. or I'm preparing for an audition. Um, Some people like eat, sleep, breathe theater and that just couldn't be me. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, one of the reasons why we bonded early on. I I just, (laughs) yeah. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, if that's what you love. Let me make that clear. Who doesn't love putting on the Wicked album while you're driving down the highway and, like, screaming, singing? Like, Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, Every once in a while, you just got to throw it on. Like, Mm -hmm. I am so here for that. But I need, I listen to music all the time. I love to listen to podcasts, my murder podcasts, because I'm a crazy person. <laughs> um, but I listen to a lot of music with good lyrics, because um, I think that that's inspiring for me as an mm, actor mm-hmm. and is great for storytelling. But I try to, like, separate the theater aspect. Yeah. Um, and with my business, you know, there are just moments where I'm, like, really into the energy stuff and, and pushing it out towards those around me. But there's also moments where... I mean, with this energy healing, I've become very aware of my energy and how I disperse it. Like, you know, when you might burn out. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I've become so much more aware, even since the pandemic, um, especially getting back into seeing people again. I've gotten really good at being able to preserve my energy. What are some like common signs that you feel like coming on when you're on I'm, the press? I'm exhausted. Yeah. I get exhausted. I'm not sleeping well. Um, when I'm exhausted and I'm like, okay, I need to recharge my battery. Yeah. It's like the worst feeling when you know that all you need, not all you need, but like you really want a good night's sleep and then you wake up and you're, I'm waking up every 30 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm a little more irritable, um, or a little anxious Hmm. and like that is not necessarily tied directly to energy. Like I could be feeling those things for any other number of reasons, but I do know that like, I also, you can just kind of feel it when you're, when I don't, I don't think you need to be a, uh, an energy worker to feel when your social battery is low. Yeah. But as someone, I'm a pranic healer and I'm really um, a, a huge empath. So I take on people's emotions too and people's feelings. So I've tried to become better at protecting myself mm-hmm. and keeping those boundaries um, and barriers up so that I'm not taking on as much energy. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be a work in progress because one of the attributes I love about myself is how giving I can be mm-hmm. and um, how accepting and uh, eager I am to, to listen to people and take on their emotions. Um, I did a healing earlier today with a young girl who it, it broke my heart, like listening to the things she was talking about and I was able to heal her. She feels a lot better. Um, but I also had to kind of let go cause some of those fears are totally things that I'm still working through mm. and the things that she shared with you. Oh yeah. About yeah. body stuff and things. And like, she looked so different from me as well. So I'm yeah. like, okay, how do I not trigger myself yeah. with this stuff? Because I'm That's healed. Tough. I'm in a different place for years apart. She was yeah. very young. Um, and it was really a beautiful moment because I also was able to be like, I'm in a different place in my life. And I want to heal her and help her so she can get to where I'm at Mm -hmm. because I'm able to see like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, I'm so frustrated for you that you feel like you're in this place with your body. Your body is beautiful. And I know I felt that exact same way when I was her age at 22 Mm -hmm. and now at 26, almost 27, I'm like, damn, I wish I had that body that I had at 22. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's. It's crazy, but I'm able to see how much my brain has progressed and how much like my sense of self has progressed in a way that I'm like, no, I'm not going to skip gonna go a there. meal because of this. I'm yeah. not going to go to this mental cavity because of X, Y, or Z. Um, 
And I think that, that that's real growth that I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, and it's huge from the pandemic to now. Yeah. That's great. That's really great. Um, I'm sorry. Wait, sorry. This is, this is off topic. So I don't want to ask you this yet because I was curious about some of the, the healing that you've done with your relationship to your body and just like, I don't know for people that I'm not asking you to solicit advice in that category, No, but just like, I don't know. I know that it, it took you a while and it's like always kind of a work in progress for a lot of people, but like, what do you think? I, uh, God, I don't even hard. know how to phrase the question. I think I know what you're trying to ask though. I think the hardest part, part about being a theater major and going to school for theater is being in front of a mirror all the time. Yeah. It's so oh, hard. Yeah. Oh my and God. That's I something I've realized that I haven't been in front of like a dance studio mirror in a very long time. That's healthy. I, <laughs> I know. I know. No, I literally know. Like I, yeah. No, I watched I a video. I mean, in the world of self tapes too, you're constantly watching yourself and I'm in this world now where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so large. I know that's not true, but I'm just watching myself so much being on tape, being in class and I've gained so much muscle as well as some body fat. Mm-hmm. We went through a global pandemic and that's okay. I've become the strongest version of myself, the healthiest version of myself. Mm-hmm. And if that comes with some extra poundage, Honestly, I am okay with that. I want to start to change things. I also got a boob job over the pandemic. I have no problem sharing that publicly. It's the best decision I could have ever made because mm-hmm. I finally feel like the woman that I've wanted to be for forever. Gender affirming care, baby. It <laughs> is. And that sounds so silly because I always was a woman before that, but mm-hmm. I've had numerous interactions with men telling me that if I did have boobs, they would date me. Or if I did do this, and which is not the reason that you did that. Correct. Let me, no. Yeah. You uh, said yeah, it before yeah, I did. Yeah, no. That is not, no, I've wanted boobs since I got my period more than 10 years ago. And no, I know that it relates more to your, your connection with your femininity. Absolutely. I just, yeah, I want, I wanted to feel feminine. And whatever you want, what you want. Like who, why do you have to like supply reasons to yeah, anyone no. else? Like it really but, does not matter. But these comments from men did make me feel very insecure. It really took a few kicks at my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason couldn't shake those off. And the surgery again was not done for them. I just wanted to feel like the beautiful woman that I know that I am. And I connected for whatever reason, so much of that to having boobs, but I was completely flat my whole life. Um, and felt like one of the boys I'm using air quotes, but also like to be clear, you don't owe anyone an explanation. No. Oh no. You paid for that shit yourself. Like that's that's the one thing I can thank Trump for. Thank you. Um, (laughs) was it the, the check? Well, none of my unemployment money came in. Oh, for months, like six months, seven months, nothing. So I gave up. I was like, I'm not making money during this time. It's fine. Like it's fine. This Why didn't it come in? I wasn't getting it. Like, it was just like the nightmare of the... So there was $10,000 sitting in my account one day. Wow. Oh my God. It just dumped was, all at once. And wow. I took it and I wrote a check and I paid for the surgery in one foul swoop. Wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> Could I have paid off? Could I have paid off all my student loans? Yes. Did I? No. I put plastic in my body instead and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> and you can keep that in. I don't even care. No, I... <laughs> This is just what I appreciate about you. Like, like, well, listen, I'm also at a point now where I just feel like it's, I just need to be the most authentic version of myself. And if people yeah. have questions to ask me, I'll answer them. Like, I, I don't know. We're also fear. like, you know, 
you're very financially responsible. Like you're not shirking your oh. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um but do no. I do I think about all the time where that money could have gone? Sure. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change I wouldn't change my decision yeah. at all. You're um, so funny. I just feel like I feel like me now. And no one would be able to tell without it. people who knew me before, mm-hmm. obviously it's a change. But when you meet me, it's not like Oh, there's Dolly Parton. Yeah. You know, I just, I look, I, I made it respectable. And you know what? There's like so many ways I think, cause I've experienced body dysmorphia as well, but like, I think there's a lot of tangible ways that, um, you can combat that if you don't have the money for any kind of sure. reconstruction, if that is something oh, you wish yeah. for. But like, but to my point of just like, I never really bought clothes for myself. I just, that's just not something that I did like I I was the first like if any of my friends were giving away clothes I'd be like okay me first because I you know just don't I just don't buy anything like yeah I probably wore the same pair of jeans like through college and then like you know after I graduated I was like oh I guess I should move on from these yeah um and I mean there's still stuff that I have in my closet that I've had like since high school which is oh my gosh crazy. but and I will never get rid of because yeah, it's like my comfort but once I started actually accepting that I need to buy clothes that fit the body that I have right now and actually make me feel good when I walk out of the house I was like okay I know I can it's worth the money like I know that I should spend on this thing because it really really affects my self-confidence well so let's be real about um body dysmorphia for a second I mean that is something that I have struggled with I had some anorexic tendencies over 10 years ago and have been working through that and do feel fully recovered from that. But that does not mean that there are not moments where I flash back and, Mm -hmm. and have to try to fight the urge. Um, But the body dysmorphia thing is so real and I don't know what it is about sizing for me where I'm so scared to lose the the size that I'm in. If you go shopping on a day where you feel like that, my hack is to only go to a thrift store because Mm. you have no control over the sizing. There's just going to be one and it's either going to fit you or it's not. Yeah. And if it fits you and you like it, you're just excited about the treasure that you found, you know, not about like they don't have this in my size. It's like, Oh, this fits me and it's cool. And it's the only one here. I'm taking it home. Yeah. That's great. That's my hack for that. Oh, that's, that's great. I love that. But I think finding the acceptance of like, I want to put clothes on that make me feel and look good. And I'm worrying a lot less about the number on the back of the clothing item. That means nothing anyway, because every clothing item has a different metric system. Nothing makes sense. Um, And and I think that takes time to train your brain. Oh, well, it's like, it's also something not only to train your brain, but also like, I don't want to say study because it doesn't have to be this serious, but even understanding what complements your shape please go for it what complements your shape in terms of um we're recording this at night so (laughs) you might hear the asmr of like a little bit of wine sorry about that um i had a friend once tell me about clothes as they relate to geometry Mm. like i have a curvier figure and he was like if you ever want to make a more triangular shape for not triangular but like um st- truly hourglass shape for yourself like wear a wide leg jean or wide leg pant mm. and I was like oh duh because then it sits on my waist and it falls from my waist yeah, down it's that. like yeah. 
weird, but no, like it no. works. Well, my body's also completely changed. I started really doing Orange Theory throughout the pandemic. I've gained a lot of muscle to my body, but getting these boobs completely has changed the way that I can wear clothing. We also have to caveat this with like, we are very average size yeah. humans. Like, I, I, oh, I'm not trying to. Yeah. 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 We know that we're small humans. Um, but, but having now, but the body's dysmorphia can like anyone can experience that hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I have friends that are their body dysmorphia. I don't understand how it works with them mm-hmm. because I'm like, you are, you are model thin, mm-hmm. but our, our brains are crazy. We can only control what is it? 6% of our brains and people really can see how do you feel about the Ozempic stuff. The what? Have you heard about Ozempic? Oh God. No. Duh. It's oh, like this it whole thing. That's, yes. It's this pill that's going around in LA right now. That's mm-hmm. like, um, for diabetes. Oh, I did hear about this, but it's, it's like um, a huge diet pill. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's for diabetes. That's what it's. And there's a lot of diabetic people that like can't actually get it right now because other people, because are, using it people are misusing it for weight loss. That's um, so fucked up. It's crazy. And, and, and the, the, what I mean about body dysmorphia is it really can, it, every single brain can experience it regardless of what your size looks like. And, uh, it's crazy that our brains, can be that uh, deceiving mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And that's something that I'm trying to actively remind myself is that I am strong and my body is fueled correctly and I'm able to get through the day with the body that I have, regardless of what tricks my brain mm-hmm. is is telling on me. Yeah. Okay. So coming out of this whole... We went hole. on a tangent. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. This was the question I was going to ask you before sure. I before we went into that deep dive but did I answer the question about yeah I mean like I don't even know that I really fully knew what I was asking but you did address it and that's kind okay. of what I was curious about was just like your journey with body dysmorphia and like where you've come and, to and, now and I think the reality of the matter is is that I I think it's something that's going to be a part of me for a really long time I don't think yeah. you ever heal from body dysmorphia the way you can heal from other actual defined eating disorders. I think body dysmorphia is something that comes and goes. And I think for me, I try, I ha- I try to outsmart my brain. So when, and I have some great friends who are able to help me through when I have moments like this, like I can say to myself, okay, this thought is real. I'm having this thought mm-hmm. that I look a certain way that I'm, am or may not be or I feel a certain way that I may not be and that's valid but it's not true Mm. and so the growth that I have felt from the last time we talked is those thoughts still creep through my brain there are days where and think about it it's probably because I'm getting my period next week and I'm in that cycle where I actually am a lot larger than I actually am but also realistically like you are right standing in front of a dance studio mirror is gonna make you think more about what you look like like yeah really it's it's very I'm simple of, you're just looking at yourself and then you're thinking about it yeah right exactly um but I think trying to just outsmart my brain and and say like keep reminding myself too like I am strong I am yeah. fueling myself um is, is the best way for me to get to for me to get past that and I yeah. would say that anyone that is struggling with body dysmorphia to um you know realize and validate the thoughts that you're having and choose to ignore them actively choose to say nope I'm still going to eat this meal because I need to fuel myself or nope I'm wearing this shirt because it's my favorite and I'm going to xyz date tonight and this is what's happening yeah. um 
yeah validate validate the thoughts and then choose to ignore is what i is what has been working for for me yeah i am no clinical psychologist or doctor or anything but i I felt it's important to seek help if that is something a hundred percent yeah 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 that was good that's not you did answer okay cool (laughs) um okay so thinking about just like all the things that you do all the things i listed off um and the fact that you are a small business owner Mm. I wonder, this is kind of a selfish question because I've been thinking about it myself too, but you do so much. How do you differentiate between what you do as a hobby versus something you try to monetize? Because I know you're a good business person and I know that can be a hard line to toe. So I just wonder how you decide. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> like my, I was asked to sing in one of my friend's weddings while she walks down the aisle and I had to take a second and be like, will I get paid for that? Mm. And that's crazy that, that that crossed my you? mind. I don't even know if it's going to end up happening, okay. but like I wouldn't ask for that. But yeah, also yeah. that's a service that that's my job. Right. Do I ask for that? Like right. I don't mm. like mm, that's, that's hard. weird. Like that's, that's so weird. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't, but also, you know, like yeah. I'm, my sweet baby angel that I babysit is turning four and she wants me to come back and be Rapunzel for her birthday party. And I was paid for Elsa last year, but I said I'd just come back because I love the family and they're Which, buying like, a costume. Realistically, you'll probably do it and then they'll probably slide you a check after. Of course you know they mean? will. Like, be like but like it, that, but. it is hard. And yeah. with my business, it's been really hard for me to pay the amount that I know I'm worthy of because with these healings, it does drain me a lot to... Yeah go through and realign the chakras and cut away cords because I'm taking on some of that energy that I then have to deflect later on. And I'm also pulling energy from the universe and myself. You're being to literally the most present you can be ever. Yeah. And that's really hard to put money value on in general. Like mm-hmm. I don't really know. Well, every, cause everyone's going to have a different opinion of like what it's worth to them. And that's hard. So I do have a sliding scale because I do want to be able to help people and per hour, like that is good money and worth my time. Yeah. I don't care as much about the money as I do about making people feel better and sharing the tools that I have. But you don't want to be taken advantage of either. Yes. And that's what other people have been telling me to make sure that I do. People for healings will charge like three, $400. I could never imagine charging that. It is literally so funny because I just had this experience with, um, you know, I had this idea. My, my friend got married in October and I had this idea to design a newspaper for her wedding. And it was something that I thought of in October and I wasn't able to execute on until like months later, a, because I was teaching myself how to actually design a newspaper yeah, in InDesign and, you know, then also getting the images back from the photographer from the wedding, you know, that obviously took what a special time gift. too. Yeah. I mean, it turned out amazing. And I was really nervous about the printing because I I used a UK printing company Mm -hmm. um which was crazy because they sent it to me within two days of me ordering it which was nuts um but it really turned out beautiful and I wanted to do like a proper broadsheet like the traditional paper feel like I wanted that feel I've I'd seen some people do like a tabloid style which I was like no I want it to like literally look like they picked it up from a newsstand and it turned out that way and I was really proud of it and you know, I had some people come to me and be like, you should start a business of this. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds so exhausting. Yeah. And the only way that I would do it, I think would, 
aside from making it like as a gift for friends in the future would be if I partnered with a wedding photographer that I liked and trusted and just like let them offer it as an additional service for someone to roll in if they so chose but like the idea of doing it for money almost feels more exhausting (laughs) but at the same I don't know it's like hard because then I also feel like a bad business person where like I have these skills I should learn how to monetize them better well and you're the first one to even when I was publishing the zine I bullied you into you bullied me into yeah you bullied which was it wasn't even that expensive but like you did push me to make it more well you need to yeah you need to pay uh, and I've had many people bully me into raising my prices to and it's not even like my stuff is unaffordable it's a very affordable I just felt guilty for making people pay for me to actually get paid for my time um what I would say though is and what I feel guilty about is that I have not made a jewelry drop in in a long time and I think that my hobby is what I monetize off of I am not scheduling to have a jewelry drop every month I do maybe Mm -hmm. two or three a year when I feel inspired to sit down for three days and make 40 pieces and I whip them out and I'm like, really, I just want to make jewelry for a few days. Yeah. Then I do that. And then I post about it. I take all the photos and I post about it. And then that stuff sits there until it gets sold. And then I Mm -hmm. get inspired again because this business is not my everyday thing. Yeah. If this, that were the case, I don't know how, I don't know if I'd still have the business. I don't know if I'd be as inspired because it's a hobby that I love. Do you think you would want to be a full-time entrepreneur? I mean, you have so many entrepreneurial tendencies and like, because I I, like, part of me is like, oh, it'd be so nice to be your own boss, but also that level of responsibility is stressful. No. I don't know. The crazy thing is, is I know I want to be a mom, like Mm. really badly. Like I want, I want that to be my job. And mm. I know I'm going to need something else to be financially like yeah. dependent on. So the idea of being an entrepreneur is great, but that's a lot of responsibility. And I know that within the next 10 years, I will, I will be a mom and I will have kids. Do you know what's so random? Hmm. My mom, we were on the phone like last week or something. And she was saying how uh, like one of, this person that we know was going on maternity leave and happens to work for the nonprofit that my mom helps run. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, we're paying her maternity leave, whatever. And I was like, is that not, is that not normal? (laughs) Which is like so ignorant of me to say, but like, I I don't know. I'm not like, I I haven't had a kid. Like I haven't had to like face that milestone yet. And, um, she was like, no, most places just expect you to use up all your sick time and then anything else is on you. Like they, like you could be gone for three months and not get a penny for that. And I was like mentally thinking about the idea of being in a household with a partner or without where suddenly you have more expenses than you've ever had and you're out of income for like months at a month? time. Yeah, that's like crazy. I just literally, and then, okay. And then the alternative is not have the baby but you know, that's not going to happen here. Right. So I, I just suddenly came to this like shell shock of like, Oh my God, like, uh, yeah, no, that's crazy. Paid maternity leave feels like a very basic, right? Yep. But doesn't happen. So we'll see what happens over this next year with our rights regarding all of that stuff with our, our <sighs> being a woman. Right. So hard. Of. Um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So maybe, semi-entrepreneurship I can I I, if you're not employing others maybe 
Yeah, I think I, I could know. totally run a business for myself. I, I could see the, I could see my cake ball business down the line. I could. Do you feel like that helps mentally with your, like, understanding of your career as an artist, knowing that One you have million other skills percent. that you like to tap into? It's on what the side. my parents have fully allowed me to go full fledged into this career for, and I have a mm. few more years where I will try being a performer. But I know that I can fall back on. A, any of the businesses that I see myself doing, and B, I know that I can walk into any room and sell you anything based off of yeah, my so skills. How, how do you feel about like your pursuit of what, like performance? I don't know. I think you that just feel comforted by. I want to do this. You... I want to tell stories, and I want to make people smile and laugh and cry and relate. I want to relate to other people, and if that's on Broadway that's amazing Mm -hmm. and that's my dream and if that's regionally for a handful more years at some great theaters that's my dream too I want to tell stories I want to play roles and I want to sing songs that I love and like I'm already doing that it's like I'm already chasing my dream I want to start building it up you are living it yeah I'm just chasing it yeah I am I'm living it I'm living it too um but there will come to a point where I just need to be making more money to, to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that getting into acting classes is one of the best things that's ever happened to me because I feel comfortable talking to anyone. And it's funny, you say that I'm so good at being an entrepreneur and so good at selling things. I've never taken a class. I've never... No, you're just a natural. I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I do, I, I'm learning from conversations that I have with people. I have a real keen eye for understanding what people want. I think it makes perfect sense. Look, you, even as it relates to you being an energy healer, you relate to someone. Yeah. You see what they need. Yeah. That's the That's exactly what a salesperson does too. Yeah. You can identify the need and the person. Yeah. And then you can provide the service. And I do think that energy healing does play a part in that I, because yeah. I can see, I call it my sixth sense, but I'm able to really read people in a way that like I can tell uh, from body language and from tone and from your energy. Um, if you're not interested, I'm not going to push on something. Mm-hmm. If you're on the fence, I'm going to give you three reasons as to why X, Y, Z. When I worked at Orange Theory, I was really good at selling memberships because yeah. first of all, I bought the product and loved it as a consumer before I worked for the company, right. Huge, um, which is huge. So I knew the product worked. I paid yeah. for it. Right. Um, but I was also good at, if I knew someone wasn't going to buy, I'm not going to waste my time going to piss you off trying to get you to buy something you know, you know what so i mean funny it's like in college i worked at lion line which is where we called alumni and asked for donations and i only did it for about three months that and i hated miserable. it i yeah, hated it miserable. but i just like had to pay for some stuff and so i like i worked there and it was one of those things where like they wanted you to ask at least three or four times for the money even if the person said no they wanted you to keep them on the line and ask again and ask again and like keep trying to rope them into conversation and it was like my nightmare because no, I could never who the hell that. wants to try to convince a really disgruntled person on the other side of the phone that they should keep talking to you so that they can give you money like it's literally but that's not the right and tactic. they even the managers would listen in on your conversations without you knowing and then come to you and be like um hey Fiona I really need you to ask like at least two more times for money and I'd be like you listened like you <laughs> heard that they were very pissed off that I was yeah like, I'm sure I most mean, people hang ups- yeah mm-hmm. yeah hang yeah. up after the first Cold hi we're asking brutal. for yeah I hang right up yeah there was one day too I think I've talked about this before where we had to call current students parents oh 
Oh my God. I'm sure my mom was on that list. And oh. she, and my mom said, uh, or maybe it was my dad. I don't know. Like you, once we stop paying tuition, then you can oh, like end student I, debt. Then you can call in 15 years. I got reamed out by this dad who, Good. whose son was a sophomore. <laughs> no, yeah. he was a sophomore and he was like, my son is a computer engineering major and he can't get an internship. Like, why would I give you more money? And I was like, I don't know. Tell him about the career center. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't, I don't know what you want from me. I'm also a sophomore. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I'm just here to make so money. funny. Oh my god, It was gosh. miserable. It was terrible. I didn't, I, I was not, I was not a natural salesperson, but I also think it matters when you actually like the product. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the part of sales that I will not be good at. I'm not going to force you. If you don't want to do an energy healing with me, I'm not going to give you 15 reasons why you should or how it will change your life. Then you don't need my product. Right. If you don't want to buy my jewelry. Well, also okay. because they probably wouldn't even no, they offer wouldn't like the, you know, the presence that no, you need to, to do action. the work. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's funny though. I know. Um, so talking about theater and yeah. your work as a performer, what have you noticed given the fact that you have done so much over the past two and a half years theater wise? What have you noticed about yourself as a performer, like in terms of personal growth? Is there yeah. anything that's come up? Well, I've really been focusing on my dance and, yeah. and I have to shout out Natalie Malaki for, for that. I, I take privates with her and, and take her class twice a week and she's really pushing me to be an actor driven dancer who I, I came in with very little dance training to Penn state and broke my foot two months into freshman year. And they said I wouldn't dance again because I had a metal screw in my foot. And I said, I actually have to, I have to be able to dance. So this needs to be removed. Mm. And they said, we'll see how your healing goes after four months. And it I healed you rolling around on a scooter. Yeah, I rolled around on a damn scooter for four months and then it healed the right way and they were able to remove it. That's good. And, um, it's been a long journey since then because I have a lot of PTSD around turning and just feeling like a failure at dance because that happened so early in my learning. But Natalie is like, you know how to tell a story. We need to work on your technique. You need to work on picking up movements and sequence Mm -hmm. and you just need to keep showing up. And I have been doing that for the last year and a half at least. Um, and I have been taken away for gigs, which I'm so grateful for. And I've been dancing in some of those. I was cast in my first ensemble to dance, which felt huge, huge. Um, for Shrek, I was a dancing rabbit. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you have to start you. somewhere. I know. Hilarious. The funniest thing. Um, but you know, I, I, I just feel like I'm able to bring myself to every role, which is so important. One of my idols is Reese Witherspoon. Um, no surprise. <laughs> oh, I know because Elle Woods, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But she, she brings herself to every role. Like you're like, mm-hmm. is Reese acting or is she her? And I kind of like that. I kind of respect that. I also love being able to really dive into a character. Like I don't mm-hmm. want it to seem like it's just me on stage. So I like to find a balance, but mm-hmm. I like to bring an aspect of me to everything I do. Yeah. I most recently just played Megan Little Women, who's the oldest of four sisters. I'm one of four kids and I have three brothers, but my twin is technically a minute older. But um, her character baseline is very boring. She's very uh, one-dimensional, sweet, and I decided, no, that can't happen. I mean, that's no fun. It's no fun. So I made her, you know, the oldest sister who's opinionated, and and I made a lot of funny one-liners. As, you are. as As I am. And I ended up, like, 
unironically kind of becoming the comedic relief for the show, which I'm not sure how that really <laughs> happened. But I just found lots of little moments of like things I would do on stage. Like yeah. there is the scene where Meg goes to a ball for the first time. This is based off of Little Women, the book. Um, and she comes out in this gorgeous, huge ballroom dress. And uh, I come out on stage and my mom, Marmy, goes, you look beautiful. And I go, I can't go to the ball. And they're like, why? And I say, well, you know, every girl my age in Concord has been to a ball. And this is the first time I've ever worn a dress like this, anything like this. And I had so many layers of gown Mm -hmm. underneath that, like, if I galloped the right way across the stage, you saw the whole dress go up and down. So I did that. And, like, the audience, like, died. But, you know, I I just, like, wanted to make her, like, quirky because I think there's a part of me that's, like, People try to be quirky, but I think I genuinely kind of am. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I think I'm yeah. just, I don't care if people think I'm weird. In college, I really did. I, 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 I don't even know if I would call it quirky as just like, you are just you. Like, there's, you know, and maybe that is what makes a person quirky. But like, I think you're just unapologetically yourself. And it's the biggest thing college taught me because I cared way too much about what everyone thought about me. Way too much. Mm-hmm. I would bend who I was. And now, like, if if you don't like that I post facts about gemstones on my Instagram page and you, and you unfollow me, that's great. That's one less person that I don't need sending negative energy my way. Mm. I, I don't need it. Yeah, I'm going to do me. And I think that that draws people in and can push people away. And you know what? That just makes my circle more clear. Yeah. I don't need anyone in my circle that is not going to support and lift me up because I I'm going to do that for others. I'm bothered. I'm unbothered I really and that's not to say that there are things that don't bother me no no I mean just like in the the social sense of yeah if you don't if you don't want to put energy into forming a relationship with me I'm not going to do that with you anymore Mm -hmm. I'm at a place in my life where I'm 26 I'm almost 27 I'm heading into my mid to late 20s relax (laughs) Jeez, god we're getting old and I just don't care anymore you know I can't be bothered. I can't let that take up mental space yeah. and time. Yeah. Um, I know. But I do like trying to bring bring myself to every role, and I think that that's been fun. Um, I Lorraine, I played in Jersey Boys, and I'm actually leaving in a week and a half to play that part again. Um, and I like – she's very different from yeah. any role that I've played, but um, I like trying to find little glimmers of myself in that as well. Yeah. So – I mean, as you should, I think that's what makes it more the fun, you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know, just showing up with what you've got. One of the best compliments I ever got, and I will hold on to this forever, uh, John Simpkins, the head of Penn State, um, when I did Legally Blonde my senior year, he said, Lauren, the show was great. And as soon as you came on stage, I felt safe. I remember you saying this. I will never forget that compliment yeah. because I think it's the highest one you could ever receive. And I went to a therapist who was also a healer in state college. Mm-hmm. And she told me that, um, she told me all that, and I was skeptical me as someone who does this stuff. I was yeah. skeptical. And she told me, she was like, so, uh, you've been a healer for many lifetimes. And I was like, what? And she was like, your goal in this life is to heal hearts. And, which is so nice and yeah. I and I like kind of see that in like how I move through life with people I have this whole silly mantra that um when you're born your heart is broken up into a billion pieces 
And my goal in this lifetime is to find all the pieces that of my heart in people and like carry them that's on. And that's cute. so like, ugh. but I, it's true. And like when I meet people, I'm Your like, we connect, <laughs> Just but like, a, like a little bit. Like when I met you, we yeah. were instantly yeah. friends, yeah, yeah. and I knew, I, like I know when I meet people and they're supposed to be in my life. Mm-hmm. But this woman said that I perform and heal at the same time. So when I'm performing, oh, people, yeah. she said, people will feel safe with you because you are sending out healing energy, and that was like within months of each other. So to hear that compliment, I was like, oh, I am doing that. Like, yeah. and whether that's true or not, I have no idea. But there are many people that came up during Little Women and said, you were my favorite sister to watch. And I'm like, really? Like, Meg is not the baseline but we, but of... But we know that the more fun you're having up there, the more fun the audience is having up there, the safer you feel up there, the safer we feel up yeah. in the audience. You know, like, it all... I think it just speaks to, like, the fact that you are doing the thing that you should be doing and you're in the right place. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what I was in a previous life. it's something I wish I could know and I want to do those past life things (laughs) excuse me but I'm scared (laughs) I yeah I don't know I've never done any like me me either the only energy work I've done really I've had Reiki done on me and I've done a few um tarot sessions tarot I get a little nervous with because you can open up some darker you know what's funny is that in the last episode we did you mentioned a tarot reading that you did do you remember this about um, about a hinge date yep that oh, oh. wasn't gonna work out which yeah. is funny now it didn't. looking back like you know to oh, where thought... you're at now in your romance oh my gosh it would have never that worked like out in my romance. i don't know that's not like weird way to phrase no that. it's crazy in your crazy. romantic life listen everything happens to create opportunity i thought you were gonna for fuck up your own <laughs> <in my opinion. laughs> no. well lars and i we're really just friends throughout the contract. And then we had a little rendezvous towards the end and we almost let it simmer out to be what it was. Um, but I think we both fought to keep the connection going long distance and it's been like six months and yeah, but I think that's, that speaks to also like, you know, leaning into your intuition and, and like holding onto the thing that you know is right and seeing that through yeah. If you can, you know, if, you if, if the other person's also on board yeah. or the other people involved. Yeah. And in I'm seeing for the first time in my life that it is. That's great. Yeah. That makes you feel. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, but that hinge date. Woo! And trust that tarot. <laughs> if you get tarot done, it's real. I, like, I think I would I, do. I think I would do tarot before I would do like life regression or something. Like I that. don't even know. Like, is that a psych? Is that something a psychic would do? Like, I don't know if I, I, I don't, I don't really want to go anywhere near that just cause like, I and know. I said this last time and this is still true. I just don't need to know some things, you know, uh, I, I listen, think it would fuck with me too much. I agree with you. I, the work that I do is I'm able to see blockages of energy in the body. It is very rare that I'm able to see a specific memory or things from your past, or things in your future. I, I I don't do that kind of work. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in it. I've seen I've seen episodes of things that have worked for people, or stories mm-hmm. from people that are like, this is real and it works for them, and that's amazing. I don't know if I would dive into it to be completely transparent because yeah. it does freak me out a little bit. Yeah. But I do know that this world is real because I am able to see trapped energy be released, and I'm able to send colors to people, and they see it. And I can see it going through them. It sounds crazy. Just give it a shot. It sounds crazy. And the thing is, too, is I'm able to admit to you. And I will say in a session with someone, like, it's different for everyone. Mm 
I could see an image and you can see that same image. And it's weird that we are seeing the same thing, but I'm just going with it. And if you're along on the mm-hmm. ride with me and we are able to talk to your guides and my spirit guides and just say, hey, I'm trying to release stuck energy in the body. Can you help me with that? And we go on a journey for an hour and a half mm-hmm. together and you feel better. Then we've done our job. Yeah. Um, I'm not really able. And I feel a bit like a phony saying this, but like I. I I don't exactly know all that I'm doing. Like I've worked on this but for 10 years. You? You're not like a clairvoyant. Like, right. You no, know. I'm not. But I, I am able to see and feel energy and, and cut it away. And I have I think seen. part of the point is that you're not supposed to know. Yeah. Like exactly. You're, you're leading with your intuition and what yeah. you're feeling. Not what you're logically knowing. 100%. So. But, but I love it. And it's cool. And it does feel good to know that I'm making other people feel good bottom line that's all that's yeah and that's my goal as long as you're being true to yourself yeah yeah exactly. and honest and yeah it's cool yeah okay great i love that thank you you're welcome before i let you go well i guess i should also ask where people can find you but i have three random questions four random questions great and then you should tell people where to find you because yeah. i don't want them to pause it quite yet okay one who would your three ideal dinner guests be alive? Like people that are alive, I think. Okay. Um, Just to narrow it down. Unless there's someone that you're like, oh, I really want this person and they passed, then you can include them. Um, Pink. Okay. I just think she's so fucking cool. Love that. And I've always loved listening to her music. And I think she's her a rendition bomb ass glitter in the air from it's that my one fa- performance. I know. It's so I good. bought it on iTunes in like 2008 oh, totally. and watched it on my iPod yeah. of her swiveling through the air. Iconic. Yeah, for sure. Um, Reese Witherspoon's also kind of a cop out, but I, it's I just not a think out. she's so, I think she's so fucking cool as an entrepreneur. Um, hey, if she's ever hiring for her company, Listen, sign I, me up. Yes, sign both of us. Up. We can totally. Yeah. I, I would work for Hello Sunshine in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. I just think she's so smart. And then, um, who is? Um, uh, oh, and then my last would be Viola Davis. Oh, I think fair. she's actually one of the best actors ever. Yeah. Um, and I think I follow her Instagram. She posts the funniest little like memes and things. And she just like, I, I know it's her team, but like, I just think I've learned so much from just watching her on stage and screen. Mm-hmm. And I did pick all women and that's on purpose. Um, I, I love that. But I, I think Viola it. Davis is just brilliant. And I would love to just listen to her chat about her career, how hard she's worked. Because mm-hmm. so much of her career happened in later in oh, life. Oh, I know. I remember hearing about her like origin story. And yeah. It's wild. No, it's fascinating. Um, I did pick all performers, which is fascinating. Um, but I think I'm just in that. Later. What? <laughs> I'll let you reflect on that later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's my answer for now. Okay. Two. What's your favorite place to vacation? Avalon, New Jersey. I've been um, there. You have? Yeah. Uh, my grandpa went there growing up every year. My mom went there growing up every year. I went there growing nostalgic. up every year. It's so nostalgic. I want to bring Lars there during one of his layoffs. Like, it's home. Yep. We go the, As soon as we get there, we go to Uncle Bill's Pancake House. We unpack the house and we go to the beach I and have a drink. I routine. Like, like that. Yeah. It, it is just what I know. And we get... Um, Ice cream at, no, I'm not going to be able to think of the name, but like, it's just like, are you sure you do that? Is that really part <laughs> yeah, of the is that really what you do? <laughs> um, Scoops, I think it's called. 
and it's like we'll fact check later we'll, we'll fact we will fact check <laughs> that later I don't remember um it's just like the best week ever regardless if it's rainy or sunny though it feels like a Florida beach in Jersey it's definitely different no, it's from beautiful. the Jersey shore yeah, it's, it's nice okay yeah. celebrity crush mm. like I would say first celebrity crush well first like Legit. My first celebrity crush was Aaron Carter back when I had a Honestly, CD I player. Honestly, I see Lars. I see Lars. And, and I did have a little crush on Justin Bieber. Lars actually looks like Justin Bieber circa baby. He does when his hair is long. That's so funny. But that's not the cutest Justin Bieber. But Lars, I am very attractive to. He does get that a lot. But Aaron Carter, I had this pink CD-ROM, like a portable CD, like Walkman, I guess mm-hmm. it was called. Yeah. And he was one of my first... CDs that I had and I listened so to funny. it all the time and Ali and AJ oh nice, nice. <laughs> I'm aging myself a mine little bit mine was Ashton Kutcher I, for sure <laughs> like for sure okay um yeah. book or movie rec to leave us with oh god um or both whatever comes to mind okay this is a little controversial because apparently Colleen, Colleen Hoover is like a little controversial, <laughs> which I didn't she know. She is. She's very controversial. Okay, I didn't know this. No, I, I know. I don't know the tea on her. But her books are good. I know. I I've, can't I've stop. read them too. I've I can't stop too. reading them. So I haven't read I, all of them, but I've read I need you. to do more research on her because I actually don't really know why she's controversial. Well, it's like, I mean, there's a few things. Um, some people just think that they're not that well written, which is like, okay, sure then don't but, read them uh, okay then don't read them Some i'm like people flipping think the pages. that she um romanticizes domestic abuse. violence yeah i or abuse which she i i can see that in some of the books i've read definitely something to acknowledge yeah um i don't think it's present in all of them but i also i've also only read, read a few yeah that's my point i've only read a few too um yeah i mean but a lot of books are controversial i don't i don't know that i'm ready <sighs> This is really going to be tough for me to say as someone in publishing. Like, I don't want to get my, whatever. Actually, w- one of my companies in print did publish Verity, but. Oh, really? I, I loved Verity. I, I have not I read I loved that. I actually faster. read it in one sitting. I'm yeah. not kidding. I read for like six hours straight and read the entire thing. Couldn't stop turning the pages. Yeah. Um, and I do know that. Yeah, she's. It, it's not okay. I think it's more complicated for young readers and sure. i think that's probably where a lot of the controversy comes into play because she is billed as like a young adult novelist yeah and so like how young are we talking because for us we're able to read that and see it's where the problem okay. spots are but sure. it's still like okay there's fiction that exists that's like problematic for a number of reasons but yeah if you're 13 probably a different impact on how you view relationships. 100%. So and that's not healthy. Yeah. yeah. Healthy. And I think like as just a female author, you know, a lot of people are expecting more now for you to yeah, be able to fair. like provide um, healthier structures to relationship. But again, I don't know. It's, 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 it's complicated when you're dipping into fictionalized, like, I mean, a lot of it is far stretched, but like there's still situations that are going to be shitty and it's just like, are you romanticizing it or are you calling it out for what it is? Yeah. And then a movie I'm going to, you'll have to just like clip it in at the end because I can't remember the name. It's, it's like taken. It's, it follows an, uh, this Asian dad whose daughter is lost and his mom we find passes from cancer and it's his journey to find his daughter. And Mm -hmm. you see a lot of it through social media. 
Um, Deborah Messing oh. is also in it. And we can cut all this out when we find the title of it. It is my favorite movie I've ever watched. Really? Is it recent? Um, like 20... Searching? Searching. Okay. My, so my favorite movie right now is Searching. It... Okay. I love Thriller. I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh, you actually need to watch okay, it. Okay, but I've also never watched Taken because I just like, like didn't want to be a... Taken. Ugh. Taken. <laughs> no, I know. It, yeah. it, it, it is... Taken is real. Um, I said it's a... a Searching is a similar movie to Taken. Um, but Searching, I love thriller movies when I know I can guess the ending. Oh, because what? I well, want to be I, like, okay, oh, fine. this and this is going to happen. But what really is going to happen is this. And then I'm right and I'm happy. Uh, Searching, I did not. I was like, this is what's going to happen. And then it was an ending I did not expect. I just like couldn't believe the okay. ending. Have you seen Shutter Island though? Um, Yes. But it's been a minute. Okay, because that's my favorite movie. Yeah, it, it is a good one. That is, is one. the craziest no, movie I've seen. I love crazy stuff like that. But Searching, you really need to watch it. It is not what you expect. Okay, and but then is you like, watch it again, and you can see every single thing. Is it, it all scary for the same reasons that Taken is scary? Like, is it? No. Like, do you feel like you're... If there's a scary scene where you see... Something like, you see, You see her become... Go missing. Okay. But it's not that scary. It's the focus of the movie is this dad trying to find his daughter. It's okay. like, and the Understood. lengths that he goes to do it. Understood. Cannot. That's what, like 2016, 2018. 2018, yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Highly recommend. Okay, good. Yeah. Yay. This was so much fun. Lauren, thank you so much. I You're really welcome. appreciate this. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> Lauren, can you please, before I let you go, just tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is Lauren underscore Isha, E-C-H-A-U-S-S-E. And you can find me on, uh, for my um, business at Breathe Easy Beads, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-E-A-S-Y Beads. Um same Instagram? for Facebook. Did you say yeah. Instagram? That's yeah. for Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Yay. This has been Fiona Winch with Lauren Esha on Thoughtful Intentions. Woohoo. Bye.